Good morning, planet Earth. Good morning to my friends out there in outer space. Good morning, space aliens. Are you currently orbiting Saturn? Are you looking for Grinka's pipe oil to power your starship engine, baby? The hookers of Mars. The hookers of Mars have your oils. They'll charge you 55 cents for every mile that you travel. The hookers of Mars have your special oil, but it ain't cheap. It's buried deep inside of that golden hooker's heart. Yeah, it's June the 2nd, 2022 Bo Blimp Talk. It's right around 7 a.m. Mountain Standard Time or Mountain Time Zone, that zone of regions including places like Utah where I live, the parts of Colorado, I suppose. I don't know, maybe parts of Montana or Idaho, I'm not sure. But I'm definitely in the Mountain Standard Time. And I want to give you an update on rad engineering because I haven't done it in a few podcasts and I think it's necessary. The reason why I haven't talked about it is in part because it's been kind of hard to talk about it. Um, just to get this out of the way, uh, Justin and myself went into this 100% um, legitimately wanting to help people. And on a certain level, I think we have. Like, I think we've spread a lot of useful information um, that people can take advantage of. What we're doing is not something that can only be done by us. We made that clear from the beginning. And so in terms of education and outreach, it's been a total success. It's been about a month, uh, a little more than a month since the trade show we did in Sandy, but it seems like we've gotten some good feedback from that. And I think that's also pretty positive. Um, so that's that's that. That's a success. And for putting, you know, other than our own work, for putting so little in terms of capital into it, I think it's worth at least acknowledging that that there is success there. There is a positive outcome. Not one that translates into profit, sadly enough. And the problem is we need to make money. Businesses should make money. Um, a lot of crooked businesses get their money from crooked people. We don't have crooked friends, so that was never going to happen. But we we did enough so far that I feel like it's been worth it. But we have a couple things. We have a couple units we need to get delivered. Luckily, we those two initial customers are acting very patient. I'm happy for this. Um, we've run out of money, so Justin has to work full-time. And his full-time job that he really enjoys is also a job that takes him out of the loop. And when he gets back from the loop, so to speak, um, being eight days in the woods, he kind of needs time to relax. That's fairness. That's called reality. That's called truth, you know? When you get over the age of 25, you start to need a little bit of time to relax. I mean, there are some people who may be able to work 24-7 
And if you can, I, I don't know, God bless you. But for the rest of us, we need some time. I'm a 52-year-old man who's interviewing for programming jobs. I have an interview today. If I get the job and it's full-time, and it's like any other job I've had in the last 10 years, I'm going to be busy. And that probably means that I won't get all the, the coding done that I expect to get done or want to get done. That's reality, folks. That's reality. So we're experiencing reality that we... Both Justin and I wish we had more resources. Well, great. A lot of good and honest people wish they had more resources. A lot of good and honest people lost their businesses in 2020 because of a lie. I mean, I know of at least a couple restaurants I used to enjoy that are gone because of a lie. So a lot of people had their economic lives destroyed because of a lie. Our main challenge is because what we want to do is related to the truth. <sighs> And truth doesn't really compete well with the empire of lies. reality is, if I take a full-time job, um, whatever it is, whether it's working at McDonald's or writing code, I'm not going to have all the super-duper extra energy to be full-time or even decent part-time on this project. That doesn't mean we won't keep doing it, but that's the reality. While I'm interviewing, I tend to get stressed out about it. It's not that abnormal. It's hard for me to do good work when I'm stressed out. That's also true. Um, and if it sounds like I'm making excuses, you can call it whatever you want to. I'm telling you the truth. There are a lot of sociopathic people out there who will tell you that everything's fine all the time. They'll do that. They'll say everything's great, everything's fine. I'll tell you in terms of the many things that we wanted to accomplish so far, I think Justin and I have been a success. In terms of the practical reality of making money so that we can have a biz, you know, an actual business that we can focus on, it hasn't worked out yet. I won't call it a failure because we're not giving up, but it has not worked out. And I'm at the point now where I look around the world and I just truly wonder in my heart if that part of the plan was ever going to be a thing. Was there ever going to be a part of this that turned out um, successful, not just from an educational or philosophical outcome, which is great, but there's no money in that, but more importantly, from a business outcome, was there going to be a profitable business at the end of this rainbow? And the truth is probably not, you know? I mean, there might be a business that Justin and I start here locally once everything is falling apart just to keep the lights on. And I think there's going to be a lot of people who find themselves work uh, in the coming years and decades just keeping the lights on, just keeping things going at a certain level. Because in reality, we're probably going to be taking a few steps back. And it didn't have to be that way, but it's too late to complain. If you want to complain about it, it's decades late. A lot of really bad choices were made before I was born, 
before most of you were born that led to this almost inevitable outcome. Now, does that mean it's over? No. But it does mean that the challenges of the near future are probably not about smart device applications and probably more about what are some smart ways to keep people from dying, to keep people so that they have some kind of fresh water to ensure that there's some food on their plate. That, those are some real problems. And when I say food, I mean food that's healthy. I don't mean food that's riddled with microplastics and heavy metals and all kinds of poison. That's just a slow way of killing yourself. So yeah, there's some challenges ahead, but I don't think they're about what people think they're about today. I've said this for a few years now, and I'm a broken record on this one. But there are things that people consider priceless today that are going to be worthless tomorrow, including a lot of property in some cities that are, are really going to turn to hell, complete hell. It won't just be South Chicago. It won't just be certain places. It's going to be every major city in the world. And so there are things today you think, wow, this is so valuable. I got an $8 million home. No, your home might actually be worth less than zero in real terms because by staying there, you might just kill yourself, you know. But you won't know this till it's too late. That's the nature of this thing that's happening. You won't. It's too late. I mean, from a paradigm perspective, from a way of seeing the world perspective, for most people, it's too late. There's probably not enough time for their, their minds to do that soft landing into reality. It's going to be a hard landing. People think this is a business cycle. We haven't... I, well, number one, business cycles are a Keynesian thing, a commie thing. They're not really an Austrian thing, and I'm more of an Austrian. But um, people think this is just another one of these Fed debt cycles, business cycles generated by the Fed, generated by central banks. It's not. It's not. It's the final blowout. You know, best case scenario, the U.S. dollar's dead. It's functionally extinct. You just don't know it yet. Now, it can go extinct a couple different ways at this point. There is a graceful way it could go extinct. It's not going to happen. And that's if you actually had a, an elected government, which will never happen, that represents you, which will never happen, that cares about freedom, which will never happen, and is willing to end all these stupid wars, which will never happen. So the really graceful way to survive what's about to happen is not going to happen. And the next best um, option after that is some type of currency failure. But no matter what form it takes, it's going to destroy people's lives. People will, they'll lose everything. In terms of, if you put all your stuff in that basket labeled paper assets, electronic assets, anything associated with any central bank, it's not just the dollar. All of these currencies are going to go right to, right to the bottom. You know, maybe not permanently, but for a while. Um, there might be one or two safe havens, but you tell me which one it is before, the, before it gets nuked. If there is a safe haven currency, that particular country is at risk at this point um, from either an economic or a military or both type attack from the U.S. deep state. So if you believe there's a real safe haven, it's not going to be allowed to exist as long as the U.S. dollar exists. That's something you need to understand. That safe haven will not exist. So if there are safe havens today, I don't know what they are. The ruble? <laughs> yeah. 
you know, for all sorts of reasons, I don't think it's the ruble. So, so that's where we're at. And so when people say to me, Dan, you know, why don't you tell me that everything's great? And I'll say, well, other people can do that. You know, you can listen to some very rich people speak a lot of bullshit. I'm going to tell you right now, there are things today that you think are valuable that, that are going to be worthless. And there are things today that people tell you are worthless that will be um, priceless in a few years. Today, they tell you family's worthless. I think in a few years, family will be priceless. Today, they tell you that being able to grow your own healthy food is worthless. I think in a few years, it's going to be fucking priceless if you can do it. Okay? They'll tell you today that being able to fix electronics is worthless. You just throw it away and buy another one. The robots will do it, Dan. And then we'll build robots to chew up all the garbage and shit out, you know, new cell phones. Maybe. I don't think so. One of my metrics for understanding the robot revolt, the robot takeover, has been garbage in the streets. I've been waiting the last 10, 15 years for these nasty, grimy streets to no longer be dirty. Because if the robots weren't bullshit, that's the first easy problem to solve. Clean up the streets. And, and But what about the Roomba, Dan? Yeah, the Roomba exists within a confined space, and I'll tell you something, they were selling robots in robot magazines back in the 80s that could do a lot of the basic stuff the Roomba does. Not everything, but a lot of it. So when people say to me, the Roomba, I say, yeah, why don't you build a billion of those and see what happens, okay? Anyways, that's where I'm at. That's where rad engineering is at. You know, Justin's in the woods right now, and God bless him. Um, he's, he's a pretty cool dude and we're not giving up. That's also the message from this update. We're not giving up. I think that it's going to, it's going to be harder to make progress in the coming weeks and months. And yeah, to some extent, it feels like a Sisyphean thing. It feels like futility. It does, you know, to some extent, I feel like we're trying to, we're trying to sell ice to Eskimos who don't realize they're in the desert. You see, these Eskimos are in a desert, it's 110 degrees, and they're actually slowly dying. And we're trying to sell them ice to keep them alive. Not just water, but we're selling them ice too. Ice water. We're trying to sell ice water to Eskimos who don't realize they're in the desert. That doesn't really usually work out for, for anybody, especially the Eskimo in the desert. You know, we're in a time where people's paradigms have solidified. So yeah, we're not giving up, but I don't know what to tell you. Next topic. So I've been talking off and on about um, the end times. In part, I don't highlight it a lot for, well, a couple of reasons I don't. A few reasons I don't. Number one, some of my listeners are not Christians, and I get it. And, you know, respect, you know, you... As long as you respect my freedom, I'll respect yours. It's a really simple formula. You don't have to be a Christian to understand that. So there are people in my audience of listeners who don't believe in God. I understand that. I, I don't agree with you, but I'm not going to spend all day beating up on you because what's the fucking point? So I don't talk about the subject much, and I try not to for lots of reasons. Another reason is 
I'm not a prophet. I'm not that good a Christian. And as much as I love Jesus, I know Jesus is probably disappointed with me a lot. Okay? A lot. I mean, if I'm disappointed with me, I think Jesus is ten times so. Um, but, you know, another reason is you're all being scared already. And probably listening to my podcast is scary already. So why do we need to add this to the, to the boiling pot too? So here's what I'll say. In recent weeks, I've been considering the question because the question is why. Why did the PSYOP control go from 2 to 11 in 2020? Not linear, not linear steps. 2 to 11 is crazy, crazy a lot. Okay, from x squared to x to the 11th power, or maybe 10 to the 11th, if you want to think of it that way. Um, think of it logarithmic, logarithmically if you want to, something to that effect, I don't know. And so that's the question. Why have, they, why have the governments of the world, and I think it is most of the governments working together on this one, why have they been conducting psychological warfare against their own people at this level? And people have lots of explanations. One is, a lot of people think this shit is real. Damn, the COVID is real. My coffee filter works. Shut up. Get your vaccine. Fuck you. You know, monkey herpes. And there are people who thought the BLM Antifa thing was real. I, I saw it with my own eyes, just like the COVID, in the sense that I saw what it did, how it ravaged Chinatown, Seattle. Needless to say, I saw the BLM Antifa shit with my own fucking eyes, and I took video. And the video is on my website, as if it matters. And what I can tell you is it was 100% government-sponsored bullshit. PSYOP. Okay, maybe there was a George Floyd, maybe he was killed, I have no idea. Every great American psyop is also a snuff flick, which means people get killed. It adds to the realism, you know? Corn syrup and red dye is great, but blood's better, right? A few weeks ago I said I was about 0.6 or 60%. A little over flipping a coin. If you flipped a coin, you'd more or less have been where I was at about a month ago with respect to the end times because I'm not a prophet, okay? I've read the Bible. I've read the book of Revelation. I've read other sections of prophecy, prophecy from Isaiah, from Daniel, from other books in the Old and the New Testament that point to the signs of the times. And that's kind of how prophecy works. It gives you signs of the times. It is a reification of faith. If you see something happen that was foretold in the Bible and you make that spiritual discernment connection and that happens with the help of the Holy Spirit, then you're able to say to yourself, okay, this looks like something in prophecy. But I also have to tell you that many of the stories in the Bible have a recursive feature to them and can apply to many parts of life. Parts of life that have nothing to do with the end times. That's not to say there is no prophecy. It's not to say that at all. It's just that the word, the word of God, as much as human beings have polluted it right from the beginning, they have, human beings have polluted the word of God. The word of God is so powerful that it has meanings on different levels. So, you know, I try to just say, okay, step back, wait a minute, look around, ask yourself if these are the end times or just shitty times. 
Shitty times happen throughout history, brothers and sisters. They do. All throughout history, there are times that are so shitty for some people, like the 14th century, the middle of it mostly, where people say, this is fucked. This is really shit. You know, and some people come to the conclusion there is no God. And some people can come to the conclusion God is punishing us. And some people come to the conclusion it's the end. There were people in the middle of the 14th century that thought it was the end of the world. And if you lived in the world they were living through, to include the Black Plague, which, by the way, you, didn't, you wouldn't have had dancing nurses and you didn't need dancing nurses to tell you there was this thing called the Black Plague. It was pretty fucking obvious. Most, no, excuse me, all real epidemics, all real plagues are obvious. You don't need a scientist to tell you it's happening. It's obvious to your own eyes and ears. You can see it yourself. Yeah. The monkey herpes, the COVID. I think it's 75% today. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. I just want to tell you where I'm at. I think there's a 75% chance that the return of Christ is near. Now, I know I sound crazy saying that, and I'm okay with it. And I do hope I'm wrong in a way. I, I would like, I would like Christ to return. I don't necessarily, I'm not excited about all the bad parts, but the return of Christ is a, is a joyous thing. It's as joyous as the coming of Christ, the arrival of Christ, you know, 2,000 years ago. It's the same thing in different ways. You know, waiting for the Christ to arrive is very similar to waiting for the Christ or Jesus to return. And so, yes, I think that there's a 75% chance, and that's all I want to say. Here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. Here's a good quote from Dr. Freckles. Magicians and grifters use tricks to hide the truth. Physicians use tricks to hide the pain. Magicians and grifters use tricks to hide the truth. Physicians, or doctors, use tricks to hide the pain. I don't know what you want to make about that or make of it. Um, I'm not sure how much time I want to spend on this quote from Dr. Freckles. But tricks, um, tricks, sleight of hand, ledger domain, cons, Certain types of lies that become elaborate. Elaborate lies. Lies that involve more than one piece of information. These are powerful things for a lot of people. And they have been used throughout history. I've said this before. I'll say it again. Human beings have been mind-fucking each other and mind-fucking other, other living things. Other living things. Gosh. Cotton mouth. Humans have been mind-screwing them, themselves, each other, and other living things for thousands of years. I mean, if you see a painting of, uh, you know, bison, 
being chased into a canyon, you understand what humans are capable of. They're capable of killing hundreds and thousands of things, other living things, simply by playing certain forms of primitive psychological warfare. So using tricks is not new. And it's maybe part of what we do with each other. Like maybe we can't help but being liars. Maybe a lot of us just work out better that way. I don't think that's true, but I would say it's part of what people do. There, there is that, either deceiving others or deceiving themselves, and sometimes both, you know? Think about hope or optimism for a, th for a second. Optimism or hope. Use whichever word you want to use. Think about optimism for a second. Isn't one feature of optimism tricking yourself into believing something? Something really great is going to happen. Something really nice is about to happen. Isn't that part of optimism? Next topic. Talk is cheap, but oil is not, Dr. Freckles. You know what? I'm not going to say a lot about that. That's kind of a depressing topic. Yeah, you know, I, I, people talk about peak oil, like peak oil is an iron law of some sort, that it's fixed in the world, that it's an unavoidable outcome. Here's what I think. I think it's, it's not about peak anything except for peak stupidity. And unlike what Mike Judge and that idiocracy movie would like you to believe, it doesn't take 500 years for stupid to destroy itself. It doesn't. It, it probably doesn't even take 50. It probably takes about five. And so if you're asking yourself, at what phase of the game are we in? Do we get another 495 years after Biden? The answer is, you know, probably no. We don't. This level of stupidity is, is going to destroy itself rapidly. And there are no Roomba. There is no AI that's going to save your butt. It's not going to fix things for you. If that was even a thing, it's probably still 50 or 100 years away. So if you're expecting computers to save you, that's the manifestation of a desire. You know, it's one of those things where people talk about the robot apocalypse, but what I really think they're saying is, thank God the computers can save us. But the answer is no, they're not going to save you. There's no computer program that's going to save you. There's no computer chip that's going to save you. There's no new device that's going to save you from any of what's going to happen, period. Um, but, the, but the thing is, though, you know, you can make different choices, right? Like right now, human civilization, the way it works with government, is like a Ford pickup from 1978. It has 2 million miles on it and gets 300 miles to the gallon. And you find yourself stuck by the side of the road, which is more likely, brothers and sisters, that the world ran out of oil or that you have a really shitty pickup. Which is more likely? The world no longer has oil or that your pickup sucks. I think it's the latter, not the former. It could be some combination, but the point is, if you don't remove the government factor, you will never have enough of anything. 
There is not enough uranium, silver, gold. There's not enough aluminum. There's not enough lithium. There's not enough oil or anything as long as you decide that you want to practice communism. And I hate to break it to you, but government in all forms is some kind of petty communism. It always ends up at the same place. Well, wouldn't it be better if the government owned everything? Starts out, the government just owns a few things, including just a couple of, you know, only one or two of your freedoms. Just one or two. But eventually it ends up owning everything. So when people say, well, I'm not a communist, do you vote? Do you participate in this madness? Do you think it's a good system? Then I hate to break it to you, you're a fucking communist. And I'm not a communist, I can say that, but I live in a communist country. And if you say, well, Dan, why don't you go to Somalia? Listen, every country now is in the same boat. So is Somalia, okay? They're all in the same boat. And if Somalia was ever at risk of becoming a free country, I guarantee the CIA would put a stop to that tomorrow. So don't you worry. There is no free country that the CIA won't destroy, including this one. Oh, the question, the question. The question that comes to mind when you're thinking through the darkness. What are we going to become? What shall we become, brothers and sisters, in the time ahead? As the gird herders set fire to Tremulous Five, as the new style Wogan bees hunt the misty oil of Hooker Delight, shall we become the new folk, the new folk of war and pain? made of white lightning, we're made of meth, we're made of titanium, we're made of sadness. We will listen to country music, we'll make love to our busty women. During those hot, sweaty nights, no, but our die is cast towards the next stage of Roland Strig, and our butt cracks will be sealed up for good. I believe it, baby. Our nungoid fragment fragrance will signal predators to stalk and kill us. Our bones will be scattered by coyotes. That's what will become coyotes stool.
Near the village of Kabursk, the old crone that lives on the edge of town screams out the name Zelinsky. She is mocked by the wolf women. She is driven to the woods. Her hair catches fire. And the crops for next year go unplanted. Horvich, the basket weaver, shakes and mutters in the street. Ukraine soldiers walk by and spit on him, kick him, drag him to the pit outside of Kiev and dump his body with the rest. Zelensky calls this victory. The 62nd Shock Army moves on Galenko, and the crabblefish mutter, Hear, hear. The seven monks of Ukrainian madness make merry. They have fun with their CIA handlers. Truby wants a new gun. We are near victory, Truby burps, and as his jaundiced eyes come into view, Zelensky is the guy, everyone loves that guy, and the smell of rotting corpses is their aperitif, and the women mourn silently for husbands never coming home. Zelensky calls this victory. It's Turk food, it's scrumble meat, it's squirrel and pastry gunk, it's raccoon gooder, the Ukraine sergeant told his men. It's salty, it will fill your belly. Just ignore the tattoos on the meat. Just ignore the tattoos and the fingernails that have fingernail polish on them. Ignore that. Because, you know, Zelensky calls this victory. In the time of Jogenslor, when trenchant fork sifters find the scraps in the gutter, careless hookers would sell their wares near Trita Street, and Ukraine officers would have them and cocaine and Russian babies from the Donbass for lunch. Where's the front line? General Gore screamed. His officers were busy raping children. 
Where is the advanced guard? <laughs> Buried in the dirt for harvest as ravens pick the eyes out of the Azov heroes. And you know what? Zelensky calls this victory. What do you think about all this Hunter Biden bullshit? You know, I don't want to spend too much time on this one either. Um, how can I put this? Early in 2020, I had a podcast called Popping Smoke. Uh, since I've been more or less torn off a lot of the internet, you can find it in my archives on your own. I'm not going to help you. So sorry. It's like, kind of like asking me, the, you know, where a phrase comes from. And there's this thing called the internet and you're on it and you could find it yourself. You know, find it yourself. But early in 2020, I did a podcast called Popping Smoke. And one of the things I, I pointed out was that towards the end, the powers that be would toss bodies out of the back of the train. They would toss bodies out of the back of the car. They would, they would toss bodies. They would let information be known and maybe even let some people of some notoriety go down. I, I don't think we're there yet but I think we could be getting close. And the purpose is the same as, as the rest of the formal psyops. It is to keep people angry and confused, to keep them in a, in a state of stasis where they can't do much of anything. All they can do is sit and mope, sit and mope and be angry and stare at their guns and think about the day when the day comes, our day's coming. Well, I'm going to put together my regiment and I'll march on. No, you won't. No, you won't. Now, I've met a couple people in the last couple of years, I think, could be feds. And I'll tell you something. They do everything they can to mislead and deceive people. But the fact is, people are misleading themselves. They, they tell themselves at some point, maybe after the next election, they're going to do something. But they're not going to do anything. And, and this also implies to, like, threats. You know, the threats coming from Biden. Oh, we're going to take all your guns. We're going to take all your weapons. We'll go house to house. No, they won't. They won't. They can do the psyops. They can scare you to death. They can get you to scare your neighbor to death. They can get you to put a coffee filter on your face so that you scare little kids. But they're not going to be busting down your door. And as far as the FEMA camp goes, I'm going to tell you this one more time, right? Pretty much every city in the United States is a FEMA camp now. If you live in a city, you'll live in the FEMA camp. They're not going to ship you someplace else. Why the fuck would they? Why would they waste the fucking diesel fuel? They'll leave you where you're at. And then the question will, will, will arise, will I get fed? Well, maybe. Maybe, but as you get fed, things will get worse. And as you get fed, it'll get harder and harder and harder to leave the FEMA camp, a.k.a. the city. It's, it's no accident that road systems are managed the way they are. It is no accident that transportation is managed the way it is. Most people couldn't hike themselves out of a corner. Can you imagine hiking out of Los Angeles? Even if you could get past the guards and the checkpoints. Yeah, good luck. And good luck doing that in July or August without any water. All I'm saying is, and it's not that too terribly complicated, is that all these threats are nothing. Nothing but the thing to make you afraid. If, if you wanted to, you could throw it all away tomorrow. You, your brothers and sisters, your community could just live your own fucking lives and give up on the government, give up on the things it controls, and build your own new things. And that doesn't mean crypto. Crypto, 
Crypto is a lot like the little glowing organ, organ that sticks in front of the, the angler fish. It's just enough to keep people attracted so the fish still eats them. It's not what you think it is. Um, anywho, I don't care much for the whole Hunter Biden stuff um, because I think it is a lot of very lurid material. Material. I don't think there's going to be any consequences. I, I You know... The Clinton operation, a.k.a. the Clinton PSYOP, has been going on since the early 90s. And nothing ever happens. You know, no one of any real note ever goes to jail. So if you're trying to tell me eventually the system works, when is that? When the next time a, a Trump tells us he'll put Hillary in jail 30 years at 30 days, excuse me, 30 days after he takes office. Wow, that was a Freudian slip. 30 days, and then he doesn't. You're waiting for the next one. You're waiting to vote again. It's not going to happen. I'm not even sure how much you should wait for that 2024 election. I'm not sure it's a thing to be thinking about. I really don't. I don't know what this country is going to look like in 2024. Uh, if there are elections, they'll be held in the donut for the mayor of Washington, D.C. That, that's just as realistic as there being an election for a president in 2024. I mean, that's how rapidly shit's falling apart. And, and, you know, if you don't see it yet, just keep looking at your smart device. Oh, the first step in problem solving is not kill or threaten to kill everyone around you, Dr. Freckles. Think about that. Think about how government works and, and the whole social contract fetish. They would have you believe the first step in solving a problem is to threaten your neighbor, to put them into some type of, an, of a tontine or an arrangement by which they can never escape except through death. They would like to convince you that you are owned by some collective. The first step of problem solving for every statist is to threaten to kill you, which also means every communist and every fucking voter. The first, oh, well, if I can just round people up with guns and point guns at them, I'll fix the problem. Well, I mean, you'll fix something, buddy, but you probably won't fix any problems. You'll create new ones, though, that you can work on. That's good. The first step for pretty much every statist, no, excuse me, all statists I've ever met is some type of threat scheme. Put together a threat scheme. Pass a law. Make sure there's harsh punishments and it's enforced. Make sure there are lawyers and judges so that they get paid. That's the first step. But maybe that's a lot of bullshit. Um, maybe the best way to solve problems is without violence and threats. Maybe the best way to solve a problem is cooperatively, through teamwork. And maybe leadership is the ability to persuade people and organize them to solve a problem without the use of force. That's what leadership is. You can be a ruler. You can have rulership. That's a lot of swords and ballista and nuclear weapons and battleships and bombs and camps, right? You got to have camps. But for actual leaders, they don't need any of that. They don't really want any of that. Their goal is to influence and create cooperation. Their goal is not to turn you into a slave if they're a leader. Just something to think on. So I was thinking about a new kind of soap. I, I saw this Dr. Squatch, Dr. Squatch, Sasquatch soap commercial. 
for some type of Sasquatch soap. Makes you smell like the woods or something. But the woods don't really smell like much anymore because you know they're dying. <laughs> I'm kidding. They're not quiet. They're not dying. Just a joke, right? Um, there are lots of different soap commercials, special soaps, and I thought about my own special soap called Fuck You Soap. I mean, and, and I got this idea while I was walking a dog the other day. I was walking the dog, and the dog found some really nasty, stinky poop and started rolling around in it. Now, of course, this is probably related to the whole wolf thing, and it's a technique for hunting, trying to smell like your enemy or something. But it's also a way of saying, fuck you. I covered my fur, the fur that you pet, in rancid old poop. How do you like that, Dan? I covered my head. in nasty poop. I mean, I can get past the eating cat poop. I get that dogs do that. I've seen too many examples to not realize that they're on the, they're on the watch for that cat poo. As much as they claim to be at odds with cats, they seek after the cat poo like it's a spice, you know, like in Dune. But why do they roll around in old nasty poop? I don't know. But it gave me this idea for a new kind of soap. A soap that smells like dog poop. I don't mean filled with all the germs and the parasites that may or may not be in that nasty-ass poop. I mean extract the fragrance of dog turd and put it into a powerful, deep cleansing soap so that by the time you're done, you smell like a giant turd and then you don't even have to say fuck you anymore. All you have to do is walk around, walk, walk to the fucking restaurant, okay? You'll look clean as fuck. Your hair will look nice. You'll look all clean. There's no dirt on you, but you'll literally smell like shit. And people will look at you and say, oh, oh, that person smells, and they'll create space for you. They won't even fuck with you because you are a walking middle finger. Fuck you soap. And yeah, we'll start out with dog poop, but then we'll probably move on to dead possum. And for Texas people, dead armadillo. Yes, fuck you, fuck you soap will be the big soap for Christmas this year. In fact, after this midterm election, people will hang out with their Republican or Democrat friends. You pick a flavor you hate. You're told what to hate every week, aren't you, buddy? But you'll wear fuck you soap. You'll wash yourself in fuck you lather. You'll smell like the dead armadillo mixed with dog poop.
And people will look at you and say to, say to themselves, fuck that guy. Fuck him. Fuck you. And you'll know you're wearing fuck you. The, the new perfume for ladies who just really don't give a fuck. Fuck you, soap. Fuck you, soap. Fuck you, soap. There is a new monkey herpes. Um, I mentioned it about a week ago, I think. It's beyond the bat. It's beyond the monkey. It's beyond the herpes. It's as if a bat and a monkey made love to each other some night way back when. They're in love. They love each other. They caress each other's bubula. They ingrogulate each other's trinctus. They massage the Drimble tube and they make a b -b baby. And it's so beautiful. Making a b -b baby, a baby monkey bat that already has monkey herpes. Flying monkey pox. Yeah, give it a week. Give it two weeks. I know it'll sound crazy. They'll say, there is no flying monkey pox. And then Chris Martinson will have a special YouTube video. He'll talk about the monkey pox virus crawling up your pipes, looking for your butt crack. Maybe you can smoke cigarettes and be okay. Thank you, Chris, for the fear. Thank you, Chris for the fear. Now have a beer. Following the peace of Jurgens in 2027, ending World War III, comes the brief peace of Torblatz. All parties to this treaty cover themselves in scrimbo grease and grab each other's junk as U.S. SOCOM are doing meth and Oxycontin nearby. Then comes Monkey War One, the first great monkey war, the first war of the monkey, monkeys coming for revenge, tiny little machine guns crawling through your window, they're biters, they carry the herpes, the monkey herpes, flying monkey herpes. It's crazy. Monkey War One, the first great monkey war. Monkeypox enters the body via the anal canal zone, and so does flying monkeypox. 
There, the flubian juices mix with the roasted peanut butter and produce corn film. Take the smear and place a large shard of glass between the sprigly and the tornojorg or butt rinctus. Once the monkeypox has entered your bloodstream, it starts a gang and hunts down the man that killed his wife. Following this, the monkeypox mutates into a monkey herpes, and this monkey herpes infects your nads, your junk, and there's this weird smell, and your new girlfriend starts hanging out at the improv late, and she gives you crabs, the monkey crabs. More and more people are catching monkeypox fever. It's like disco fever with an itchy yellow discharge. Here's another quote from Dr. Freckles. It's easier to hear the Lord when you put down your smart device. I know. Dan, why are you always beating up on my iPhone 50 with its 25 3D IMAX cameras that allow me to be a YouTube TikTok star and have my own, you know, what is OnlyFans channel where you can see my boobies and my babies? Yeah. OnlyFans. Um, like I said earlier in the podcast, when I said I feel like there's a three out of four chance that we're in the end times, um, not everybody that listens to this podcast is a Christian, and that's okay. I will tell you this, though, and this is really, really important. It's kind of critical. It might be essential. Um, you cannot outsource in any way, shape, or form your faith. If you're an actual atheist, and I don't know if any of you are, I, I've met a few who will say things like, well, I, I don't believe in God, but my friend does, and my friend prays for me, so I'll be fine. Your friend is pay, praying for you. I hope they're praying for you in the context of help my friend find the faith of the Lord, not get my friend into heaven, even though my friend is an atheist. So, you know, by all means, if you're going to be an atheist, be consistent because you can't outsource your faith. You know, people can pray for you, but they cannot have faith for you. People can ask for God to look in on you. People can ask for the Lord to send the Holy Spirit. But how can I put this? It's up to you to believe. It's up to you to have faith. If you can't get there, then I don't know how to say it. Sorry. And you might be right, right? If you're an atheist. So before I continue too far down this road, for all my atheists or non-Christians, it's okay. You don't have to believe what I believe. Um, but I do think there's a way to translate this quote so it works for you. If you want to hear the universe, if you want to hear the song of reality, if you want one chance in a million to know what the fuck is going on, some really good advice is put, your smart, put, put down your smart device. 
um, maybe for a couple days a week. I was going to say for a couple hours a day, but I'm not sure that's going to help at this point. Maybe turn it off, you know, or get yourself a flip phone. So I, well, people need to contact me. Well, okay, get a flip phone. They can call you and then you can talk to a person on the other side. That's a hell of a lot better than any of the other situations you'll find yourself in on your smart device. But if you want to be able to hear the Lord's voice, put down your smart device. And it, well, I get my Bible from my smart, yeah, that's on purpose. All of that's on purpose. They will begin editing books if they have half a chance, you know, they will. I don't think they're ever going to get there from here. I think they've culminated. I think they've shot their fucking wad. And I think most of the people with any real power are already hiding out and waiting for the shit to really get real because... People with real power probably have a sense of what's going on. It doesn't make them good people, but it, it does make them about as clever as a rat, you know? And so I think that they're about that clever, and they're probably clever enough to get the fuck out of Dodge when they know it's too late. If you want to understand what is going on, you have to disconnect from the lies. And the lie machine is your smart device. That's where you're getting all the bullshit. You can say, well, I only listen to alternative. All of it, all of it is crap. The most alternative person you'll come across is going to keep you on the reservation. It's going to keep you inside the Overton window. Their job is to find you on the edge, on the periphery, somewhere out there where you're getting close to the truth and bring you back in again. They give you a quote-unquote lesser truth whatever that might mean, but they don't want you to discover what's really going on. So disconnect, okay? If you want to hear the voice of God, disconnect from the voice of the devil. It's not that fucking complicated. It's really not that complicated. If you want to move closer to Jesus, move further away from Lucifer. It's not that complicated. It really isn't. I'm not saying it's easy. It's fucking hard. And it's getting harder every day. You know, if this dumb game continues... And this is where we get into the end time scenario. Because if it's not the end times, then the U.S. government is about to collapse. But if it is the end times, then who knows what happens next? I mean, other than God. But let's say it's not the end times, okay? The sooner you disconnect from that lie machine, the better for you and your family. The, more, the better chance you have to survive. The more you feel you have to be connected to that lie machine, the more dangerous it is. And if these are the end times, it's really dangerous because it's dangerous to your soul. It's dangerous to, to your family and their souls. It really is. So it's easier to hear the Lord when you put down your smart device, ironically named. It's a lot easier. But there could come a time if the system keeps working out where they'll say, well... You have to have a phone that's capable of tracking you. You have to keep your phone on you at all times. If you don't have your phone on you with your magical electronic Bill Gates COVID pass, blah, blah, blah. I don't think any of that shit is going to happen unless it's the end times. That's where I'm at right now. If you want to know why the odds went from 60 to 75%, here's why. Because I'm down to a basic, a basic, you know, three, three sets of choices, more or less. Dollar collapse is going to happen, period. Get that out of the way. The only question is, is it worse than that? Well, it might be. And one form of worse could be the great totalitarian super state of the devil. Uh, that, that could happen. Um, but for right now, 
You know, today, if we remove all the fear and all the antagonism that's being thrown at us and all the division, if we remove all that, the easiest way to do it is just put down the fucking smart device and disconnect from it, you know? Go for a walk. You don't even have to listen to this fucking podcast, is my point. But definitely put down that fucking device for a few hours a day, at least probably a few days a week. Better yet, get a flip phone until it becomes illegal to have one. I mean, or they just don't work. I mean, that's where I think, if this this nonsense keeps going the way it's going, it eventually has to end up at you can't have a flip phone. It really does. It'll eventually be at the point where you have to have your magical smart device on you, and if you don't have one, you're not a real person, you don't get to eat, you don't get to, you don't get to have a job. It sounds a lot like crap you'd read about you know, in prophecy, doesn't it? Next topic. So in March of 2020, I did a podcast called Bank Holiday. In the notes, there are links to this podcast. And I actually make a mistake in the podcast and say it's April. It's actually March the 17th, 2020, when I did the Bank Holiday podcast. And, you know... I, I more or less put together the pieces then. So, so yeah, two years ago, I think I more or less understood at least a big piece of what was going on. I didn't have all the details figured out. How could I? I'm not God. But I understood by March of 2020, certainly by the middle of it, that what was going on was a lot of bullshit. And, and the, then the question is why? I mean, it's not just that it was scary how quickly people were believing the bullshit. That was kind of creepy. But again... See the previous topic, smart devices, they don't, yeah, they're ironically named. But it, it is, it was creepy. But by the middle of March, towards the end of March 2020, I would have told you, this is bullshit. The COVID is not real. And at the time, I called it a bank holiday because I, at the time, connected it to the economic issues of late 2019, specifically the repo market, the short-term lending market, the the, the way in which um, balance of trade is settled, marketplace type problems, and all of that stuff was blowing up in September of 2019. And unless you believe the monkey herpes travels through time, it's hard to understand how A would be connected to B. So again, March 2020, I would have said, most likely scenario, this is the bank holiday. It's another, it's another way of looking at the situation of 2008, but taken to the next level. And what they needed people to do was to stay in the system while they worked out their shit. Well, one way to keep people from doing much of anything is a magical monkey herpes. And if that kind of wears off, throw them the race war. And if that doesn't quite work, just turn up the volume on political bullshit to the point of crazy. And and it keeps cycling through this. Like I said, the Hunter Biden revelations, I think those were on purpose. Sorry, sorry all of you stalwart, you know, people out there thinking you're journalists and shit. But actually, I think all of that was thrown out the window on purpose. Just to keep people angry and confused. There is no chance in hell that any of these people will see any fucking justice. And that just creates more frustration, more anger, more confusion, and frankly, more immobilization. Everything they've done since 2020 has been more or less designed to immobilize a population, a country, 
from doing anything other than what the government says. We have been in a Simon Says scenario since March of 2020. Now, if all of this had ended as I thought it might end by early 2021, it would have been just the bank holiday or what I called in February 2019, the screwbilly. It would have just been the screwbilly, you know? We more or less get screwed. People like you and I get screwed. But the most powerful people get made whole, the screwbilly. And it has been the screwbilly, and that's baked into the cake. But it's been two years. And one of the things I told you is that the longer this lasts, the worse it looks. I, I don't think that's a controversial statement. Now, for some of you, the worst case scenario is the reset, the one world government, they're going to collect all your guns. I don't know how the fuck this broken ass government's going to do any of that crooked shit. I don't know how the fuck the gro broken ass UN is going to do any of that shit. And I work for Microsoft. So if you think companies like Microsoft are going to collect your guns, you're a fucking idiot. Okay, so people who are afraid of the reset almost bother me more than the people who, who talk about the monkey herpes, the COVID, and, and wear the fucking coffee filter. The reset is a mindfuck, okay? And it's actually a mindfuck that serves many purposes. For the hoi polloi, it creates a sense of fear and dread about some one world government and Alex Jones FEMA camps. Yeah, that's a nice set of fears. But for the people who need to stay at their jobs until the last fucking moment, for the police chiefs, the administrators, governors, mayors, who the fuck knows who, the reset is also for them. It's for the CEOs who just got their new CEO job and can't believe it. Third stringer, fourth stringer. You remember at the end of the game in grade school when one side was winning in a lopsided way and both coaches conspire to put in their second, you know, excuse me, their third and fourth string? Yeah, it's the same thing, buddy. So if you've looked at some of these CEO hires recently and said to yourself, this is a third stringer, this is a fourth stringer, that's not accidental. It's, it's the end of the game, okay? One side is definitely going to win at this point. In this case, it's called reality. It's not the elite. It's not the poor people. It's reality. And it doesn't matter who's in charge of Twitter. It doesn't matter who's in charge of Facebook. It does not matter. The show will go on until the end. So bank holiday up until, you know, January of 2021. And then since then, it's been between currency collapse, which I think is baked into the cake. They went past the bank holiday line. They're definitely in the realm of currency collapse. And that's simply going to be disastrous. I don't think people have any clue how bad yet. It's going to be really bad. So bad that in the be you know, best case scenario, it's going to be remembered like the Mississippi bubble or some of the major financial calamities of the early 18th century. So bad that it could take almost 100 years to repair the damage that's been done. If it's only currency collapse, it's going to take down the whole planet, economically speaking. Now, of course, there are countries like Russia and perhaps China. I say perhaps because I don't think the Chai Coms are, are, who, are who we think they are. I think that they are more likely controlled by the CIA and the deep state than being independent actors. But um, Russia definitely looks like it's trying to take its own path. And 
you know, like I said, as long as this crooked system exists, any nation that wants to go its own way is at risk from being attacked, you know. And if you want to talk about how Russia attacked the Ukraine, brothers and sisters, the Ukraine had a legitimate government in 2014 that was toppled by our government. You know, it was thrown out and replaced with a crooked government. And frankly, a government that accepted a lot of neo-Nazi garbage into its system. You know, the Azov Battalion, the Azov units, these are Nazi units. Don't pretend they're not. They are. So, yeah. But I don't, I don't know. We'll see what happens with Russia. We'll see. If it lasts much longer, if this nonsense keeps going, and, and if the Ukraine situation turns out just to be another form of this nonsense, then it's worse than currency collapse. Well, what's worse than currency collapse? And if you say the reset, I mean, if it was possible for them to form one world government, if it could happen at this point, then it would take more than just the resources they have because intellectually and otherwise they don't have many. It would mean a spiritual component or, and a more dynamic component. So another way of putting it, if the one world government can happen, that's why I just said today 75%. Okay, if we're at the point where the one world government not only talks, talks about taking over, but actually means it, I think it's a lot of talk and psyop right now, but let's say it's a real thing, then yeah. You kind of need Lucifer to make that happen, and it has to be part of God's plan. Because the ordinary incompetence of our government and the institutions in charge, that's a bridge too far. They can't do it. You know, even if they, even if they did kill off most of us, which I don't think people remotely understand how messy that would be, but let's say they did kill off most of us. How, what does that get them other than some small town in a hole someplace? That's it. They don't end up rolling anything but ashes. So, yeah, we're way past the bank holiday. Bank holiday would have been terrible and currency collapse is going to be bad. But if it's worse than that, then you tell me what you think it is. If it is the one world government reset, then my end times formula whatever, my end times factor, my end times um, estimate of likelihood, it goes from 75 to about 85. If in fact, the one world government takeover is not just talked about, but actually happens. Because you would need it to be part of God's plan. These people are too fucking incompetent. They're grifters, they're good at that. They're not good at much else. You would need it to be part of God's plan. You would need Lucifer to be in charge. You would need that charismatic leader. I don't see that person. Some people think it's Obama. He's not that charismatic. He really isn't. In fact, he's kind of grody. And it's not because he's black. Although, frankly, in cultural terms, I think I'm more black than he is. That being said, um, no, it's not Obama. So whoever this magical young person is, and again, the age is in the Bible. It's not as old as Obama either. You have to be a lot younger in terms of the book of Revelation and other prophecy to be the foretold, you know, antichrist who comes along and tips the world over. Yeah. 
Obama's too old. So the question is, who would be this magically convincing, charismatic super leader that's right around 32 or 33 years old that's going to take over? Who is this person? I don't think they exist right now. It's why I don't think it's the end times. I think it could be 75% as it could be. And maybe it's a, a little bit more certain than some of you like, but um, I don't know. So the Ukraine situation looks to be winding up or winding down, depending upon how you look at it. Um, I will tell you that if the Ukraine situation was intended as a pretext for World War III, and this is a big if, I, I don't know that World War III is on the agenda, but let's pretend for a second that it is because these are the end times. Again, you know, it's why that 75%, some of this Ukraine stuff is looking too weird to be this weird. Some of it's looking too stupid to be this stupid. You know, President Biden has talked about shipping MLRS, as I mentioned in a previous podcast, to Russia. And this is a really a missile system. They call it a rocket system or rocket artillery, but really, technically speaking, it's a missile system. And this missile system can hit targets between, you know, 30 to 40 miles out all the way up to 200 miles. And when I was in the service, they quoted me on a 300-mile range for the ATACMs. So my guess is, since this is not 1998, the range is significantly more. You know, probably that 300 to 400 mile range is, is feasible on an ATACM at this point, or one of these advanced missiles. And I believe there were missile packages being developed for the MLRS to launch cruise missiles. So this idea that this is not a big deal is ridiculous. It's a big deal. I mean, and, and it's also a big deal because I don't know how they're going to get them effectively into theater the reason why they're dangerous is I think they end up rolling into Western Ukraine. They roll into Western Ukraine just, you know, just over the Polish border. They get set up and they start firing. I think that's probably going to be one of the first things that happens is they set up MLRS, um, you know, battalions deep, deep, deep in Ukrainian territory, almost on the Polish border, and that's where they start launching their rockets from. Now, this is not a terrible idea, but it does mean that Russian air forces will be going further into the Ukraine, and they will be attacking targets very close to the Polish border. I'm not sure that's happened yet. I don't have good information on any of the nonsense happening. I've listened to that Gonzalo Lira guy, and he talks a lot from his apartment, but I, I don't have any good evidence of any of the bullshit coming out of Ukraine. I don't. What I can tell you is that the MLRS, if it's positioned close enough to the Ukraine-Russian border, can reach out and hit Russian targets deep inside of Russia. And if your argument is, well, Dan, that's fair and square, well, that's fine, but understand that is the same reasoning that Nixon used when he invaded Cambodia, and that is the same reasoning that can cause a small war to become a big war. If you think this war is real enough that you need to give a fuck who wins, I promise you it can escalate. And then what happens? MLRS can fire fragmentary weapons. These weapons are devastating. They start rotating over the target and spreading these things out, these tiny little bombs, these bomblets. And these bomblets can take a lot of people out. They can kill a lot of people. They can mess up a lot of people. An MLRS attack, okay, a, 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 
a salvo, so to speak, could decimate a small town in Russia. And if, and if a few of them hit any of the areas in Moscow, it would be devastating. If it was the right time of day, if it was like early morning, people on their way to work, it would be totally devastating. If you think that's the way to go, okay. And if you think this is real, fine. But understand that you probably live in a city that's a primary target. If you live in Seattle, you're a primary target. If you live in Los Angeles, you're a primary target. If you live anywhere around military bases, you are a primary target. Washington's, Western Washington and most of Washington state is fucked because of this. Washington state is filled with primary targets. So if you believe this Ukraine shit is real, A, and if you believe it is legitimate to send this system, this arguably a missile system, to the Ukrainians, B, then probably you should accept the possibility that this could escalate further towards nuclear war. And if you're convinced that the United States has a deterrence at this point, you have not been listening to reality, you've been listening to your fucking smart device. I am convinced that the United States military is not in the shape to fight a war, like not, not the kind of war we fought in World War II. It is filled with corruption, it is filled with parasites, and the military-industrial complex is really, really good at building super expensive weapons slowly compared to World War II. But if we have to crank out fighter jets, like crank them out one after the other and throw pilots into them, we're not remotely ready. And if you're arguing, well, we'll do it all with drones and drone attacks. No, you'll run out of drones too, buddy. I mean, you'll get down to the really cheap ones relatively quickly is my point. But the expensive ones, the ones with the wire bundles, the ones that require teams of engineers and workers and mechanics, those types of weapons, those weapons will get used up in the first 30 to 40 days. And then what? Then what, buddy? So I don't know. If, if you're really into some side in this, I, I don't have sides. I'm not a fan of Putin. I'm not really happy that there's a war going on in Ukraine if it's actually happening. But I don't really have a dog in the hunt of who wins. I think the only thing we can say with certainty is that poor people with no power will lose. Ordinary people will get smashed to dust. Men, women, and children, if there's a war going on in the Ukraine, are being killed for no good reason. And there are no good guys. Putin is not a good guy in this, and the United States deep state that created this fucking situation is definitely not the good guys. Okay? So, there you are. But let's say it's real and Biden wants to take it to the next level. It's made me think about a lot of these hacker stories. You know, Russian hackers hacked a dam. They hacked a power plant. They hacked a chicken plant. They hacked your fucking, you know, Cheetos plants. You can't have Cheetos. There's been a lot of these Russian hacker stories going around. So let's pretend and put on our magical pretend helmet and pretend that these Russian hacker stories are true. They could be. I don't know. Pretend they're true. Fine. But what if they're bullshit? And what I would say, what if they're actually being set up in a way, um, these stories are being put out there in a way 
to set you up for the following, and that is a nuclear meltdown in this country, that, or maybe several nuclear meltdowns in this country that can be blamed on the Russians. Listen, if you're one of these freaks that believes in the New World Order reset and they got to kill a bunch of us, <laughs> nuclear meltdowns tend to do that, especially if multiple ones happen. And this would become a great pretext for war. The Russians hacked our nuclear power plant. It is melting down. Depending upon the conditions this summer, depending upon the temperature, all those factors that come into play, this could be a perfect summer for that type of a false flag. So if you live near a boiling water nuclear power plant, I would probably put, and you live in the wrong direction in terms of wind or water flow, you know, airflow or water flow, if you live in the wrong direction, if you live downwind or downstream of a boiling water plant, you should probably get the fuck out of Dodge. Because this would make a really good false flag, given the whole Russian hacker narrative. And if you say, well, Dan, they can't possibly, well, you know what? The bullshit reality they feed you is not based upon they can't possibly. If you don't know that by now, you're not fucking listening. Okay, there's nothing about the monkey herpes that made any fucking sense if you thought about it logically. This isn't about logic, this is about fear, okay? So if they've set up a narrative where they can blame Russian hackers for a meltdown, it is fucking irrelevant if it's feasible or could happen. Enough of you, not all of you, but enough people will believe it. And then you got World War Three. And then I gotta say, if it's a nuclear meltdown, you're pretty close to nuclear war. Because any act like that, even if it's a false, false flag, you know, but you don't know it, right? You believe the government. Any act like that would be arbitrarily close to using a weapon of mass destruction. It really would be. It'd be like using a WMD, right? You know, causing a boiling water reactor to melt down. And it could even be bullshit, just like the COVID. Like maybe there'll be no meltdown. They'll release some isotopes. They'll, they'll put on a good show like they always do and a few people will be killed. But maybe there won't be a real meltdown. But they'll still make you leave your home behind. So I was going to take a job at McDonald's a few weeks ago. I have an interview for a software gig today at noon. Um, I don't know how that's going to go. I'm kind of in a state now where it could go well, it might not go well. I've become paranoid enough that I think there's a lot of make-work jobs out there where people, they just kind of want to soak people up into the system and make sure there's somebody somewhere they can be managed and someone can talk to them or whatever. So who knows? Who knows why? But I could end up getting a job again relatively quickly. And if I do, who knows what that means? But um, I was going to take a job at McDonald's. I'm not too good for McDonald's. I'm not too special for McDonald's. But it just I just wasn't ready yet. You know, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. You know, it's... I could say it's not about my pride, but that would be dishonest. I think there is some pride in there. I have a little bit of anxiety when it comes to the public. And 
that could also be a factor, you know, a lot, especially these days, the, the way people behave these days, since, you know, let's say post monkey herpes, post COVID, the way they act with their coffee filters on their faces, I just, I, most of them disgust me. And the good news is there's not a lot of them where I live right now, but I got a lifetime's worth living in Seattle. Like I got as much of that level of stupid and ugly as I will ever fucking need. And I don't, I don't need any more. I am full up on ugly and I'm full up on mean and I'm full up on, on scaring your fucking neighbor to death. I'm done with that. You know, you want to ask how they made this happen? Look in the fucking mirror, fucker. I'm not necessarily talking to my listeners, but if there were a listener who was wandering Seattle with two coffee filters on in 2020 and you want to know how all this happened, congratulations. You, you made it happen, buddy. Pride and panic are not a good combo if you're going to work the register at McDonald's. I mean, maybe if I worked there, they'd let me harvest the McNuggets. They got those genetically engineered meat sacks in the back. They, they used to be something called a chicken. They don't lay eggs anymore. You can hear them scream. They just lay McNuggets. They, they're hanging in a closet behind a closed door in the back of the McDonald's. Little IV bags attached to them. They're being fed recycled food. They're being fed old hobos. And you're eating their McNuggets. You're eating their chicken McNuggets. They used to be b -b babies, little baby chickens. But now they're just little meat nuggets that get sort of excreted from these meat sacks hanging in that dark closet in the back of McDonald's. Yep, they're they, they are filled with wood chips and broken glass and fear, and fear is the seasoning. Maybe I could squeak out the grongo bins where creatures called crats, half rat, half cat, genetically modified with halibut DNA, they are bred in the back to, you know, give you that tasty fish filet. It's not really a fish, though. It's a crat. It's half rat, half cat, and it tastes like halibut, and that's all you care about. That tasty fish fillet. Crats escape sometimes. You can see them feeding on old people in the alley. Perhaps I can work at the mold farm, above the employees' toilets where classic McFlurry core mixtures are grown and harvested. Special molds to create that frozen vanilla grizz they put in that McFlurry. These molds were genetically modified to be radically endothermic. While consuming human flesh of old hobos, they, they end up in the dump now. 
dumped out back by the ditch, you know. You don't look there, you don't care, you stare at your smart device. I could end up where I probably should have ended up in 2019. Homeless, on the streets, deserving of pity but having none. You know, the best thing about being homeless, from what I can tell, is that for the most part, people ignore you. I mean, they don't ignore the poop and they don't ignore the smell. You can buy fuck you soap too. But um, they mostly ignore you because you don't fit. That's the thing about the congruence of perception and understanding and a person's paradigm, is that they need things to fit. If they don't fit, they suffer from a blindsidedness. They don't even see you. But you want to know what the, the worst thing about being homeless is? It's also that most people do their best to ignore you. Here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. If something requires government to work, it probably will never work, you know. I was reading an article about how this particular nuclear plant they were building was six years late and 250% over budget. And it was, you know, again, nuclear in this country is a highly controlled, highly regulated government kind of thing. And you probably think, well, that makes it safer, Dan, so it's safer for people. Oh, you'll find out, buddy. But what I can tell you is eventually you'll find out, buddy. Um, if you think something needs government to work, the first thing is you're not a libertarian. You don't believe in freedom. You're full of shit. You say, I'm a libertarian, but I like NASA. I'm a libertarian, but I think government has to control nuclear. Why? Why are you a libertarian except when it comes to uranium or outer space? It sounds really fucking stupid. It does. Is nuclear dangerous? Maybe, probably, yeah, right? But why do you think government's the best choice for that? Why do you think they're the ones that will keep you safe? So far, in the history of nuclear power, your government has used nuclear weapons to frack for natural gas. Twice, perhaps more than twice, they'll never tell you. So why do you trust these fuckers with this kind of power, you know? It's fine to say you can't trust people, but then I have to say, you know, government's made of people, so you can't trust them either, right? Use a bit of logic, buddy. If anything in your life needs government to function, I don't care if it's the price of fuel, I don't care if it's the Norman Borlaug paradise of corn syrup, I don't care if it's nuclear power. If you need the government for it to work, it's never going to work. It can't work. And if you think it can work, the reason why it's not working is because the government is there. You know, is there potentially a future in nuclear power? Maybe. But the only way I see that happening is if the government gets out of the fucking way. Otherwise, the only future in nuclear is poison death. That's it. Cancer. That's what you got in the future there.
So if you listen to this podcast and you have the resources, you can feel free to donate. You don't have to. Um, money is tight these days, and I know I don't have more than a few dimes to rub together, so chances are you don't either. I know they're printing money, right? But who are they printing it for? It's not you. It's not for me. So who are they printing it for? The magical people? Well, there aren't that many of them either, buddy. And that money doesn't go as far as it used to, even for the magical people. Even for the grifters. It's running pretty fucking thin. So, you know, I'll ask for donations if you have the money, if you've taken care of the things you need to take care of. If you've taken care of your family, if you've taken care of the people you love, if you've put together a plan that allows you to be more or less independent for, you know, I would say at least 90 days, and that's ridiculously optimistic. But have enough food, water, and shelter for at least 90 days, arguably for at least a year, and even a year is pretty optimistic, you know. But if you've been able to put together some plan, and then you understand at the end of the day that there is no plan that you can put together, that the only plan is God's plan, if you understand that no matter how much you prepare, no matter how many MREs you have in your basement, it will never be enough. If you understand all that, and you still have some money left over, and you want to donate to this podcast, you can, buddy, you can. I'll probably start building thug armies. If you, if you donate 800 trillion bucks... I'll build some thug armies. I'll arm them with 12-gauge gun systems, multi-barrel gun systems, Vulcan cannon 12-gauge. If you, if you give me the money, I'll have an army of hookers. The first true hooker army, capable of using love as a self-defense technique, subduing their enemies with grease and monkey crabs. Our secret weapon will be the monkey crabs. And so much more, so much more is possible. Just take a look at the notes. If you donate the 800 trillion gorillion dollars, I will be able to achieve total greatness. I will be able to survive the flying monkeypox. I will be able to buy that blue pill that allows you to, you know, do what you, you know, what you got to do if you ever get a date again, Dan. I'll be able to do all those fancy things with 800 trillion gorillion dollars. I'll be able to get hookers to Mars. You know I've been dreaming about that since at least 2017. Yes, we'll send the hookers to Mars and then everything else will follow. All the cities will be built. The rockets will show up. Get the hookers to Mars, buddy. Start the reactor. So for June the 2nd, 2022, Bob Limtalk, this is your friend Dan. It's right around 8.30 a.m. here in Utah. 
but it might be some other time of day. It could even be nighttime for some of you if you listen someplace on the other side of the Orbis, somewhere closer to the darkness where the sun has hidden itself until the early morning time when the sun rises again 